0: Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie-Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelratty.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! More than the moon, it's called a misaccent accent or a stress. Remember Paul, you know the man I'm gonna marry, but I'm not because I wouldn't ruin anyone as wonderful as he is. So, when does misaccenting accenting become a problem? Hello everyone, I'm Michael Ratty, aka Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me. Welcome to my channel, where I talk about everything musical theater from a writing perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, and vocal coach, I believe that understanding effective musical theater writing can be helpful to all kinds of theater makers. Whether you're a performer, a writer, a director, designer, producer, stagehand, an audience member, a professional artist, aspiring, or you simply love the theater. My goal is to present you with information that will enhance your theatrical experiences and help to bolster your enjoyment of the theater. Today, as I teased in my last video, I want to talk about stress. And I don't mean that feeling that we're all having by being in the middle of a pandemic. (sighs) No, I mean like accents. But not like, top of the morning to ya, or, uh found they were having Those, those were pretty bad. Those, those weren't good. They were not good. What I mean is how we accent or stress the words sung in a show, and why does this even matter? So, let's go grab our overpriced beverages and get the show going. Imagine, you're sitting in a darkened theater, listening to something spectacular as it unfolds on the stage before you. The drama is building. It's almost too much. Your ears are straining to catch every word. And then... Huh? What? What did they say? I I missed that whole line. Was that important? You didn't hear it either? Oh, uh, well... Oh man, now I'm lost, and I I don't know what's happening, and... (sighs) Now, we may be tempted to blame the poor performer for their less than stellar diction on this one line, but performers are highly trained in enunciation, so it's not likely their fault. So, then who is the culprit? Well, sir? It seems that Miss Accent strikes again. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it was a lot. Mm hmm, mm hmm. So sorry about that. As I mentioned in my last video, part of the job of a musical theater writer is to fit the words so perfectly on the music that as we listen we understand every word and intention with crystal clarity. Some of this is due to the rhymes as we talked about last time. The other piece of this is making sure that the words are being emphasized properly, meaning the way that we actually say them. It would be awkward and difficult to understand what is being said otherwise, eh? However, this does happen in musical theater and it's called a misaccent accent or a misstress. Now, most of the time a misaccent accent will be tucked in the middle of a line somewhere and it won't be much of a problem. It might jar your ear for a second, but really... Nothing more than that. Here are some examples. In the opening of Into the Woods, there's a line that sings, I wish more than anything, more than the moon. The moon. Okay, for a more classical example, the opening of I'm in Love with a Wonderful Guy from South Pacific starts, I expect every one of my crowd to make fun of my proud protestations of faith and romance. Romance. Or how about in the middle of the song Nothing from a chorus line? We'll get a girl transferred. Transferred. Okay, now none of these are deal breakers or suddenly make these songs too difficult to understand. But they do make your ears perk up. Why? Well, we only have one moon, so there's really no need to emphasize the article the more than the moon. We can romance someone, but, generally speaking, we talk about romance. And a girl gets transferred, not transferred. That made me feel like I was in Game of Thrones for a second. A girl gets transferred. You see, that's another bad accent. I gotta work on these. So, when does misaccenting become a problem? Generally speaking, it's only when an entire line or a longer phrase is all misaccented. Our ears have a hard time grasping information when it doesn't flow the way that we expect it to. Now, I'm not going to pull out any longer examples here, mostly because I don't want to put down any particular songs, shows, or writers. We all do it at times, and the writing development process is long and difficult. But I will say that I see this happening the most in pop-style contemporary musicals or in musicals written by non-musical theater writers, like a pop writer or a rock writer. If you pull out a pop musical score from the past 20 years and you listen for misaccents, Accents, uh, it's probably not going to take you very long until you find some. And no shade intended here. It happens. But, question. How do words get accented in lyrics in the first place? (laughs) That's such a good question. Thank you for asking. Melodies contain movement, and I mean this in multiple ways. As notes move up and down in pitch, that can emphasize certain syllables or certain words. We looked at an extreme example earlier with more than the moon, but the line right before that is more than anything which actually sits very naturally on that melody. It comes out exactly the way we would say it, more than anything. Other movement that contributes to the accenting has to do with rhythms. So, the longer that a note is held, the more that it seems to be accented, as in, transferred. So, usually when I hear people sing this song, they will choose to hold out the trans longer than written to make that more of a naturalistic accent. We'll get a girl transferred. Not only does it work a little bit better, but it's a totally valid artistic interpretation of that line. Another rhythm concept that comes into play is what beats of the measure a syllable falls on and how they can also help to accent, especially the first beat of a measure, which is also known as the downbeat. This is why the mants feels emphasized in the South Pacific example, because the end of the word falls on the first beat of a measure. Of faith in romance. Of faith in romance. So naturally, it sounds emphasized, even if that wasn't the intention. So, sometimes Miss accents creep up on us because an unimportant syllable ends up aligning with one of these three ideas, creating an unintended accent. Or perhaps there aren't enough notes in a line for the number of words that a lyricist wants to use, so they end up cramming a whole bunch of words into a short period, and then all of them end up being misaccented. These things do happen. With a lot of trial, error, editing, time, and thought, all misaccents are avoidable but it really does take all that energy and all that time. However, Miss Accents can also be used purposefully, especially for comedic effect. Maybe the Miss Accent itself is the joke, or perhaps there's some sort of double entendre in the line, and by stressing an unimportant syllable, it brings out the double entendre. There are definitely purposeful uses for Miss Accents, If one desires. But at the end of the day, well accented lyrics provide an effective and naturalistic rhythm to what is being sung, allowing the audience to do less work in order to understand the characters and to follow the story. It provides clarity. Now, there are a lot of very good examples of this, and many could be pulled straight from Hamilton, (laughs) but (laughs) you don't want to hear me try to rap that. Trust me. But one of my favorite examples comes from Getting Married Today from Company. The first fast section sung by Amy goes a little something like this. Part of me is everybody there because if everybody's there I want to thank you all for coming to the wedding I'd appreciate your going even more I mean you must have lots of better things to do and not a word of it to Paul remember Paul you know the man I'm gonna marry but I'm not because I wouldn't ruin anyone as wonderful as he is but I thank you all for the gifts and the flowers thank you all now it's back to the showers and don't tell Paul but I'm not getting married today in this moment Amy is having a panic attack and she's just speeding through her words but because the words are so well accented on that melody It's easy to understand. I also want to point out here that none of the fast words being sung during this breakdown rhyme, which is an excellent example of that concept that I mentioned last time. So, how is understanding all of this useful to us? Well, for my writers out there, accenting your words naturalistically may take some extra time and some extra effort, but when it comes to audience comprehension, it is totally worth it. Performers, if you're finding that a song or a part of a song is particularly difficult to make understandable, it may have something to do with the accenting. If that's true, how can you alter your performance or your interpretation of the piece in a way that makes it more understandable? All production team members, if you find it difficult to understand a song or a piece of musical theater writing, you can listen for those misaccents and see if you can find the moments that are creating the confusion or making everything feel muddled. Then, if the writer is there as part of the process, you can absolutely approach them with what you've found. And if they're not there, well, then you can all look for solutions through other ideas, whether that be through performance or the direction or the design. And audience members, if you're finding it difficult to follow a piece of musical theater while you're listening to it, you can try to listen in for those misaccents accents and then try to correct them in your mind. Now, that's definitely a lot more work, but if it means that you're not going to end up getting lost, it might be worth it. Word stress and rhyming are fantastic storytelling tools that can help ground us and immerse us in the world of musical theater. Musicals are, at the end of the day, stories. And stories are at their best when their words are clear, understandable, and a joy to listen to. So, the next time you listen to a piece of musical theater, pay attention to the word stress and to the rhymes as they flow over your ears. You might just notice some interesting things. Alright, fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you liked this video, make sure to hit that like button and, more importantly, leave a comment below. The theater is a community and this channel is meant to be an extension of that community, so I do want to hear from you. And if you'd like to become a part of my Patreon community with more information and more access, you can click that link in the description below, knowing that I could not do all that I do without all of you and your support. The next episode will arrive in two weeks, but in the meantime, you can check out some of my other episodes here. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers!